I want you to go to Genesis chapter three, verse four. For the saints in the room, say amen when you found it. Genesis chapter three, verse four. Genesis chapter three, verse four. Uh, for those of you who are new to the faith, that's the first book of the Bible. And so go ahead, and when you found Genesis chapter three, verse four, say amen. The notes are also, I got a lot of amen. The notes are also available in the V1 Church mobile app, which is our discipleship tool. And I wanna make sure that you download that discipleship tool so that you get it. Uh, let me read this to you. Then the serpent said to the woman, we yes, we, to the atheist, yes, we have a speaking serpent in this scripture. Because I know if you're already like, man, I was with you until it got weird. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Anybody ever realized that there were no relational problems in a perfect sinless world until a serpent entered the conversation? You ever realize that this husband and wife, Adam and Eve, were totally fine? This is only the third chapter of Genesis, meaning they had never had an argument till the serpent showed up. Oh, y'all, I'm getting ready to preach today. The origin of the first relationship problem was not, why don't you go out and work a job, you deadbeat? It was not like, hey, I've fallen out of love with you. I found somebody else. The first relationship problem was literally a serpent speaking to a woman and perverting what God had already told her. Let me just read it like how the Holy Spirit gave me because this is gonna be so profound for you. The man and the woman agreed that God, what God said wasn't true, and that produced the fall of humanity after the very first disagreement in the garden. So what if, what if I told you, see, what everybody expects me to do for part one of this series is they expect me to simply talk about men and women in relationships. So whether you're divorced, single, widowed, or married, this is for you and we are gonna go there. But as I went before the Lord and said, Lord, what would you have for your people? He reminded me that there were no arguments relationally until the serpent entered the equation. And so what happens is, you, uh, yes, we're gonna learn about our savior, but we're gonna figure out how the serpent operates so we don't sound like the serpent, we sound like our savior. See, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna learn how to be daughters and sons, not of the serpent, but of the savior, Jesus Christ. And see, the thing is, uh, I wanna unveil and, and actually expose the devil because many of us have been living in families for generations that have been mentored and pastored more by the serpent than by the savior. And so the greatest voice in your life is Genesis chapter three, verse four, which is the serpent. Or maybe you're a Christian. It's about to be good, y'all. Maybe you're a Christian. Now watch this. Adam and Eve had many conversations with God, but only one conversation with the serpent. But one conversation with the serpent was more powerful than many conversations with God. I'm telling this is what Christians are like. You can listen to 72 sermons, but the devil says one word and you'll obey it. So I gotta go back, y'all. But before I do that, a quick announcement. 
Um, we have a Bible reading plan to extend beyond the borders of Sunday services. You version asked me to be a contributor, and so which is a it's a huge honor to be able to contribute to the Bible. <laughs> I mean, we're not contributing in a way that's going to cause me to go to hell. I'm not adding an additional chapter. Um, it's not like Michael three sixteen. You know, <laughs> open up a can. Okay. Um, but, what, but the Bible app approached me and they said, man, many people on our team have been receiving from the sermons that you preach. Would you consider being um, a contributor? And so here's where it gets even better, though. So the plan debuts on Friday. And I want to show you guys this. this. So anybody who opened their phone and tapped on the Bible and went to plans, we ranked number two in marriage and number one in dating. That's amazing. Like the Bible. So if you go to the Bible and you go to plans, you'll see this, but you don't even have to search it because we're ranking top 10, but it gets better. I woke up this morning and uh, we're number one in both categories now, y'all. I took this picture in the queen's basement and I was laughing to Evan. I'm like, Evan, we took this picture in a queen's basement that used to be the porn section of a VHS movie store. And God took that same picture and we're ranking number one in two categories in the YouVersion Bible app. How many of you know God will take a perversion and turn it into purpose? And what the devil thought he was going to destroy you with will be the theme of your life. I didn't know how to be married and I'm teaching the world how to do marriage. Julie saved me from myself and Jesus helped. And I got a daughter who wants to date and now she's got a plan she can do. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, wherever there's perversion, there's purpose. Wherever there's perversion, there's purpose. If you would have told me a year and a half into weekly marriage counseling, thinking that I was going to divorce my wife, other women texting my phone while I was in marriage, y'all don't know how real I can be. I had other women texting my phone while I was in marriage counseling saying, I'm only doing this so that one day I can tell my daughter I tried my hardest, but I wasn't trying at all. If you would have told me that you're going to rank in two categories in the YouVersion Bible app 10 years later, or maybe more, 12 years later, I don't know, and, and you're going to teach the world what you've learned about marriage and dating, I would have laughed in your face and said, actually, my plan is to go to hell with both middle fingers up towards God because I don't want to live. I got somebody's attention. I don't want to live. I don't want to be married. I'm so depressed. I'm so down. And so here's the thing. If you come into this service and you're watching online because you're down, you're depressed, you don't think it'll ever work in your marriage, this is a living example to you that it ain't, it ain't God making bad people good. It's taking dead people and resurrection life bringing them back. This is another power source. Oh, what else did I want to say, Evan? Well, I wanted to show you guys something after Genesis chapter three, verse four. So it says, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Um, I want to take you back for a moment. About 20 years ago. Can I show you something? Look at this couple. Isn't that amazing? Now, look, what you realize right off the bat is Julie aged like fine wine. And I aged like milk. <laughs> right off the bat. But see, when you look at this, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny, isn't it? 
Like Julie looks identical. If anything, she, she looks even better. She just gets better. Me, on the other hand, I'm falling apart, y'all. <laughs> now, when you look at me, though, don't I look innocent? <laughs> I'll tell you that Pastor Natalie said not really, but she's got discernment. She's got discernment. Now, this was at a women's conference where I met my wife and made out with her in the parking lot. <laughs> She's like, no, he didn't just say that. It's true, though, but you initiated it. <laughs> That's true. Come on, I won't tell you what cologne I was wearing because I don't want to start anything around here. Because you know it was the cologne. But you could take that down. You could take that down. It made me sweat. So, but the, the reason why I wanted to show you is that in a lot of ways, I thought that that version of me was innocent. You know, it was a long time ago, 20 years ago, but I had already been so discipled by the serpent in the garden of my life that I did not sound any, I learned how to preach like a preacher, but I did marriage like the serpent. See, I, I could get up at that age, I could preach just like I preach today because I knew the Bible, but I knew it as well as the serpent did. And see, there's a lot of preachers that get up in front of you and they can strut and they can convince you how revelatory they are, but they, know, they just know the Bible as much as the serpent. And there's a lot of pastors and there's a lot of preachers that have no fruit of the Spirit, but they got a, a lot of revelation from the Spirit in previous seasons. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to expose anybody but myself in this message because I was a phony. At that time when I was dating my wife, I was a phony, I was a fake. Um, I, I didn't know how to be married. How to, I didn't know how to date. I didn't know how to be in a relationship. So I want to show you, um, I'll put it like this. It's very difficult to teach somebody what love is, but it's very easy to show them what it's not. It's very hard to describe the characteristics and attributes of God, but it's very easy to expose the devil. And so what I want you to look at, because we're going to talk about how to fight fair. What if I told you, man, because we're going to launch into a ton of scriptures. What if I told you, that um, we wrestle not against our spouse. <laughs> but see, all your battles in your life are against your spouse. But what if I told you that that scripture, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, includes your relationship? And so this, we've got to go deeper because then who are we contending with and, and what is he like? And what are all his disembodied minions called demons? Because most of us have not gone to the level of authority to encounter the real Satan. We just encounter his minions called demons. Now, now, now in the Bible, uh, you did have Lucifer actually, like, like uh, what's his name? Judas encountered Satan. But see, Judas was connected directly to Jesus. Most of you have never encountered Lucifer. You've encountered demons, but they all are the same because you are your father. You are the one you serve, and demons serve the, the, the assignment of Satan. So I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to take this down in your notes or follow along. Are you guys with me? Okay, so as you read through the Bible, it first and foremost says he's your adversary. I just gave you that. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Satan is your adversary, not your spouse, not the person you're in relationship with. You don't have the right or the ability to make them an adversary according to God. Your adversary is not your coworker. Hello. Your a hello. Let me say it again. Somebody's getting deliverance. 
Your adversary is not your boss who is adversarial. Because to be a believer is to ultimately trust God, you're gonna work this thing out and how you punish people is significantly worse than how I could punish them. And I don't need to road rage because it'll never match hell. And so I can forgive 70 times seven in one day because you are the judge and the jury. I'm forgiven, therefore I forgive. And so I need you to understand that, that he is your adversary. So when the serpent showed up, Adam and Eve, they needed this sermon. Because Eve should have said, that's my adversary, the serpent. I'm another creature speaking to me that's not God. And I, therefore, I shouldn't listen. But she didn't have wisdom, and she listened to the serpent. And so as a result of that, she took that information to her spouse. See, beware. The, the serpent will speak to you through your girlfriends. Come on, if you want to change your level, change your circles. God honors covenant, do, do, your, do your girls? God honors covenant, does your mom? Oh man, it got real quiet. <laughs> Listen, y'all, my mom always told me I was right, but for some reason, the marriage counselor didn't tell me I was always right. Now, come on, Bobby Boucher, why does your mom always think you're right, but your marriage counselor doesn't, or your pastor? See, there, there's people you'll go to that will confirm your own hate and bitterness. The Lord's saying, forgive. The Lord's saying, rip up the list. The Lord's saying, release it. But see, your friends are saying, leave that deadbeat. Your friends are trying to talk you out of covenant, but God will always talk you into it. He says, I'm married to the, the whore and the prostitute. I'm married to the backslider. See, and I believe that I learned so much from my wife about what true covenant looks like because even when I was running around being an idiot, she said, Mike's not my adversary, but he's been discipled by the serpent, not the savior. Can we keep going? Guys, this is only part one of this series. This is gonna change your life. Do you feel it already? Okay, names of Satan in scripture. Number two, the serpent of old. Genesis chapter three, verse four. Now watch this. In Revelation chapter 20, verse two. So both ends of your Bible begin and end with the serpent of old. That means he hasn't disappeared. And whether or not you like me talking about the devil, you may be so full of doubt and atheistic Christian mentalities that you're like, I can't believe you. I want practical. Well, guess what? Practical you can get from Simon Sinek and Gary Vaynerchuk. Supernatural is what you're getting from a preacher. And you know, practical is what you can get from Oprah, but I ain't Oprah, honey. I'm your pastor and the devil is real. And until you expose how you've been and your family's been taught more by him than, than you have been by God, you're never gonna get free because you don't need practical, you need supernatural. And there's a lot of these relationship series starting this Sunday and pastors around the world have taken the bait to become a motivational speaker and not a man of God. He's the accuser of the brother. Let's just move on. So he's the serpent of old. Well, let me back up on that. The reason why he's the serpent of old is because he's still playing the same game. And so just because your kids are in the metaverse with an Oculus, it doesn't mean that Satan stopped operating, okay? And just because you're like, oh, we're modern, we believe in science, not that hocus pocus. Well, guess what? Satan is the same serpent in the garden as he is on Long Island and anywhere you're watching right now which means if you haven't figured out why nothing else helped you, maybe it's because we got to deal with the serpent first. 
The accuser of the brethren is the next one. Number three, the accuser of the brethren. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, it calls him the accuser of the brethren. In other words, he is constantly accusing the people of God. Okay, let me just ask you this. If your spouse has asked you for forgiveness of something, do you still accuse them or do you forgive and forget? Because your heavenly father forgives you and forgets, but the serpent never forgets and never forgives, and he accuses day and night. And I know this is a hard word, but the Bible says, and you will know them by their fruit. And so the question that I wanna ask you today is, maybe you don't believe that God forgave you because you know in your heart you've never forgiven another person. And you think that God's like you. Uh, is it, am I going in with a scalpel and doing some deep surgery? Do you guys promise you still love me after this one? But a lot of times the people who have the hardest time believing that they're forgiven often have the hardest time forgiving other people. But the more you forgive other people and release them and rip up that list of accusations, then you say, oh, wow, this is what Christ felt on the cross because I've become a redeemer like him. And so now I share in his suffering, but I share in his resurrection. Next one, he's the angel of light. Satan comes as an angel of light. Satan comes, you need to understand, he's too smart to show up to your house with a pitchfork and horns and be like, yo, what's up, I'm the devil, you wanna party? And you're like, yeah, come on, let's go. He's not showing up like that. He's always gonna show up as an angel of light. He's, okay, single people. He's gonna show up as a guy with a good job, good morals, but not a good God. See, Satan's not gonna show up with a pitchfork and horns and be like, yo, you wanna go on a date? I'm the devil. He's actually gonna show up as a guy with a good job, good morals, but not a good God. He's gonna show up with a woman, come on, with everything you thought you wanted on your list, but if you don't rip up that list and say, hey, the only way you're gonna find me is if you're chasing God as fast as I am because my pace is determined by chasing him. And if I look next to me and you're not willing to run after God with me, then you can't have me. Come on, y'all. This is how you rank number, number one in marriage and dating. Because I've been through this stupidity. I've been through this foolishness. And our kids, V1 youth, you don't have to go there. You don't have to make the mistakes dad made. V1 youth, hear me. You don't, I'm talking, like, you guys don't have to... Come on, does any parents know what I'm saying? He's the angel of light. I'm not gonna accept an angel of light. Come on, how good is that job if you make a lot of money but don't tithe any money so 100% of it's uh, cursed instead of 100% of it being blessed? And so it's like, oh, but, but dad, he makes six figures. Yeah, six figures cursed because he's not a tither. Come on, even the cameraman gave me an amen on that. He was like, <laughs> you guys can't see it, but he was like, come on, camera guy, no you type. <laughs> the angel of light. Satan shows up as the deceiver. He's a liar. He'll tell you that your spouse, oh, but Pastor Mike already made that covenant. What do I do now? Believe the truth. Believe the truth that anybody who calls upon the name of Jesus can and will be saved. Believe in the truth that if he did it for somebody else's husband, he'll do it for you. And see, behind every lie is legacy. 
There's legacy connected to lying. And so when the devil lies to you, he's accidentally revealing your legacy. See, I didn't know that over 2,200 couples were gonna sign up for the marriage conference we're doing this Friday. But see, my legacy was connected to the lies. I literally heard the lie of the serpent telling me that you'll never have a happy marriage, that your wife, Julie, will never be able to sexually satisfy you, that she'll never be able to intellectually go there with romantic, poetic conversations. And I thought I was going to have to find it in another woman, but see, the lie of the enemy revealed the legacy of the Signorelli family. Wherever there's a lie, there's legacy. And so what, what lies is he telling you? Because he's accidentally revealing something to you. I'll never forget, Pastor Eddie said, I thought I was always gonna have to be alone on a solo pursuit in academia to go into the collegiate field and to be a professor, and that was the lie. But the legacy was that we were gonna build V1 College to already over 100 students across 15 nations on the planet, and this is his first year and a half being involved in it. See, the legacy was hidden in the lie. See, it's like I think about Pastor Patrick it was like the lie was told. You're just going to have to, man, maybe at best you'll have a friend in Pastor Mike and you'll shoulder pastoring Long Island. And the Lord was saying, Pastor Patrick, I'm trying to have you pastor the nations. See, there's a legacy that's behind the lie. There, it's greater than anything. See, God's always got something greater. And guys, I got to wrap this thing up. But he's called Apollyon. This is Revelation 9-1-1, chapter 9, verse 11. 9-1-1. And he's called Apollyon. Do you know what that means? The destroyer. You know what I want, want to explain to you? And I want you to hear me if you've been suicidal. Because there's an uptick and there's a wave of suicide that's been rippling through the earth. Suicide doesn't just kill you. It destroys your family line. See, the difference between killing and destruction is killing affects one person, but destruction affects whole family lines. And see, the Bible says that he came, that the, that the evil one came to kill, to steal, and destroy. Why is killing and destroying listed separately? Because when he killed, when he killed this, this man through suicide named Judas, he destroyed the legacy that could have came out of Judas. Could you imagine Acts chapter two, Judas gets up and he says, I was the one who sold him for 30 pieces, but that now through the power of the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus, I become an apostle. How many apostles would have rippled through the bloodline of, of Judas? So when, he, when the devil killed Judas, he destroyed Judas' legacy. See, there's something bigger here that I'm speaking to. He's called the evil one. He's, now, did you know that, that, that today, the largest number of Satanists are accumulating in Arizona right now for the biggest, they're trying to break a world record of the largest Satanic gathering that ever happened right now. Did you guys know that? And the reason why that's saying is because Satanists will tell you that Satan's not evil. But see, we're exposing him as the evil thing. Isn't it crazy that we live in a world where wrong is right and right is wrong? Isn't it that, that the Bible says in the end times it will be that way? That it will be upside down? And see, listen, the world will tell you. I was watching a, I was watching a commercial and it's just crazy about how the world will convince you that having sex out of wedlock is okay as long as you're committed to that person. But the, we don't need commitment, we need covenant. 
See, the world does commitment, but the Bible does covenant. And so if the evil one is no longer evil and we're taking this serpent and we're parading him around and saying, man, isn't the serpent awesome? He understood me, but God didn't understand me. That's the world we're living in. If you could take Genesis chapter three to the next level, it would be Adam and Eve doing a photo shoot with the serpent saying, God didn't understand me, but the serpent did. The serpent accepted my sexuality, but God didn't. The serpent endorsed what I wanted in my own heart. The reason why Adam and Eve listened to the serpent is because they were responding to their own. He didn't tell them something they didn't already want. And so when you tell, well, the the world accepts my sexuality, do the photo shoot with the serpent, but the scenery is gonna change from the garden to the pits of hell when you understand that he's the evil one and the world doesn't understand how evil he really is and what he's doing. He's a liar, he's a murderer, he's the prince of the power of the air still to this day. That means that Satan has jurisdiction over the air. Isn't it amazing that your cell phone signal travels through the air? That radio signals, that television, that satellites travel through the air? And isn't it amazing that God would use a broadcast to travel through the air and say, where there's perversion, there's purpose. And if a set, that's why I asked you guys to share this broadcast because the word will go out and the, and the Bible declares that what Satan meant for our harm, God will turn it around for our good. He's the ruler of the world uh, and, and, and literally the ruler of the world today. No, prin- no, no prince, no king, no teacher, Nobody is elevated above Satan. He still now has jurisdiction as the ruler of the world. And I know that might come to a shock to you because you're like, but I thought that he was defeated at the cross. He was defeated and you were given authority, but if you don't use the authority, he remains in power. That's the way you need to understand it. There's police officers helping us within the streets all around here, but that doesn't stop people from doing things they shouldn't do. It's the authority that you exercise that actually breaks lawlessness. And so if you don't use your authority and you're like, well, that's Pastor Mike's job. See, here's the thing. What if I told you the power of the praying wife is binding and loosing and saying, I'm gonna use the authority that I was given and everything the enemy, that serpent tries to do in my house is illegal. And I'm gonna use my badge of authority to say Jesus conquered all this, but I'm gonna make sure that the devil knows about it. Come on, I'm talking to some husband that sees the devil using all kinds of tactics in their life, but says, I'm going to use what God has given me against this. Can we just stand to your feet with me? I got three points I'm about to close on. Point number one, do you sound like Satan or do you sound like your savior? Rip up the list of failures and relapses rip up the list of going back to the pornography, all those things that the enemy's written against you that you're going back and saying, I'll never be happy. You know, one of the biggest temptations of pornography is people saying, I'll never have true intimacy, so I might as well have good pornography. And some of the most sad, depressed people you know are addicted to pornography because they're convinced that they'll never find true love, so they might as well find passionate lust but the Holy Spirit beckons you and says, come unto me all those who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Rest from what? Addiction. 
rest from the lies of the enemy. Come unto me. You're, you're bearing this heavy burden of your own marriage, but what if I told you that a three-chord strand is not easily broken? And that the reason why you and your relationship, you too, why it's been broken is because you never wove me into it. But if you'll weave the everlasting into that threefold cord, then it will be unbreakable. Come unto me. I know you're heavy laden. Point number two, Satan perverts, but Jesus purifies. Satan perverts. I heard a story. I told this to my daughter. It was such an incredible testimony. This young girl, she had lost her virginity, just believing the way that the world uses their sexuality. But she had made a decision that she was going to reignite her passion for God and that she was going to, that she was going to marry pure and that she was going to like reseal her virginity. And she was telling in this testimony, she said, I saved myself for marriage, even though previously I had lost my virginity. And she said, on my wedding night, it was the most incredible experience of my life. And it was so pure, it was so holy, it was so passionate. And she said, if I could go back to the younger me, I would say the world's way does not work. God's way is better. And she began to say that, I believe that there's even young people that will rip up the list and say, on this list, it says I'm damaged goods. It says that, oh, I've already gone too far. But if you'll rip up that list and say, no, I'm forgiven. As far as the East is from the West is my sin from me. I've been separated from that sinful nature never to go back passion is holy but lust defiles if you can't go back to the beginning let Jesus erase the stain of the past I can't go back to the beginning of my marriage and I wish I could but every single time I mentor somebody who is still in those earliest forms of marriage I say my pain has purpose if you'll receive it I travel back in time to be your mentor. The young Mike Signorelli, the young Julie Signorelli, I, if I can't erase my past, I can at least let Jesus remove the stain. Point number three, Satan destroys, but Jesus builds. We're either children of God or we're children of the devil, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. It literally says, sons and daughters of Satan. Go read it for yourself, 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. And there's hardly any preachers that you can find in America who will even quote that scripture because we're so afraid of telling people who tithe and give to our church and serve on our dream, on our dream teams and, and show up to our events and support us. Y'all might be the sons of the devil because we don't want to offend them. But I will tell you this, the Bible says, and you will know them by their fruit which means that there has to come a point where you say, I will not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. And as you respond to what you do, you rip up the list of impossible standards. And see, what happens is when you rip up that list of impossible standards, you're destroying the impossible standards of yourself. And you're saying, I can't possibly live to the standard. Jesus didn't come for to save the perfect person, but he came for those who were so lost. It's why the people with the most sin were the ones who most easily identified the Savior because they said, there's no way I can live according to the law. I'm completely lost. And in the midst of that, 
They said, Jesus, I need a savior. And so when you rip up the list of impossible standards, you release your spouse and you say, even on my best day, I'm not enough for God. And so on my spouse's best day, they're not enough for me. So I'm gonna treat them like Jesus treats me because I know what that grace feels like. And one of the biggest evidences that, oh God, I feel a breakthrough getting ready to happen. I feel the anointing. This might be a simple word, but see, you're never going to change your spouse by telling them how to change. But if you give your spouse grace, the Holy Spirit will do that which you cannot do. I love you for who you are. This is how the Bible talks. The Bible says this language, son, I loved you at your darkest. Have you loved your spouse at their darkest? Because when you do, you become like your God. See, the Bible says, and while you were yet sinners, I put my love out on the line. In other words, he, that scripture talks about God's love as if, it's, if, as if it's gambling. I put my love out on the line, not knowing that I would win or if I would lose the whole thing. See, if you'll put your love out on your line, or put your love out on the line, and you'll say, see, and I, I believe I learned so much about the heart of Jesus from my wife, and I honor her because she said, while Mike, in that picture we put up, while Mike is yet a sinner, I put my love out on the line, I committed to him. And see, it wasn't even that I thought that I was a sinner. I, I, I just never received the true gospel. I was a really good preacher who didn't know the Jesus I was preaching. And many of you are really good Christians who I want you to bring Jesus into your relationships and I want you to meet the Jesus that you're that the, the Jesus that you're pumping up the worship songs to because he'll rip up the list. He ripped up your list. Will you rip up your friends list? I know there's a holy moment. We're going to have our service pastors come up front right now and our prayer team if they can come up front. And we will be opening the, this altar here in a few minutes. You know, these pastors here that you see are here to pastor you in this 9 a.m. They're here to make themselves available to you in this service, to get to know you in your life. They counsel you. Some of them they have already counseled your marriage and they're here to go the distance with you. And they wanna meet you if you haven't met this, the pastors at this service. They wanna meet you, they wanna meet your family. How many of you know that you can't do marriage and relationship alone? Come on, and so I want you to do this. Um, we're gonna pray together and deal with some stuff. We're gonna rip up the list. Can I just end with one last thing? Do, are you guys good, good on this? My wife released me, but for years I didn't release myself. I felt unworthy to even be married. And deep down inside, I wished that I could start over with someone else, not because I didn't wanna be with Julie, but because I felt so guilty for what I did to her. And sometimes you can struggle with guilt and even when forgiveness is given, you carry the guilt of who you've been and what you've been. But see, I, I was able to give it to God. I was able to say, God, I trust that when you look at me, if you blotted out all my sins from your remembrance, then you can help me to understand that your mind can be my mind and that I can receive the mind of Christ and I can release myself. See, if you wanna be somebody different, you gotta act like somebody different, amen? And sometimes, I just wanna say that again, if you wanna be somebody different, you gotta act like somebody different. And see, here's the thing, 
some of you might not want to get prayer, but that's the old you. If you want to become someone different, act like somebody different and step out and receive prayer. Meet the pastors, get close to them. If you, if you want to be somebody different, act like somebody different. So for me, I said, you know what? I'm going to, and Julie watched me do this. I said, I'm going to be happy around holidays. I'm going to be the husband that can be nice to my wife. I've never seen what I'm about to be, but faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the substance of things you haven't seen. And so you can be a good husband if you've never seen a good husband, because by faith, I see something in the spirit realm. You can be a good wife if you've never seen a good wife, because by faith, you can step into that and say, God is going to allow me to step into it. So right now, would you just close your eyes around the world right now? I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Will you say, Jesus, forgive me of every sin. I thank you for washing me clean by your blood. I thank you for ripping up the list of all my wrongdoings. Now I choose to be like you. I forgive those who have hurt me, those I'm in relationship with. I rip up their list. I release them. I forgive them. I am free in Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate and shout amen.